our children are our awakeners. They are here to help us evolve. And many are set in their ways. And so it's bumping up against their value system. It's bumping up against probably not their value system so much as their belief systems, as you've been speaking of so eloquently and articulately. It's these simple behaviors, women speaking up, women taking their space, women, girls taking their space, make men, boys uncomfortable. This episode of Empowering Her is brought to you by my course, The Empowerment Sessions. The Empowerment Sessions are 33 bite-sized audios of four minutes or less, plus 33 conversation starters that show busy parents how they can bring simple and effective empowerment lessons into every day for their children. These power-packed empowerment tools are the quick and easy of empowerment designed for parents who want to introduce their kids early on to the principles of personal power, self-love, the power of choice, and so much more. And yes, this is for mothers and fathers to use with their girls and their boys. Once you sign up, you have immediate access to the audios. They can be listened to on your computer and on your phone. Easy, quick access at your fingertips every single day. If you want to enroll in the empowerment sessions, visit melodypormorati.com slash empowerment. That's melodypormorati.com slash empowerment. Hello, beautiful Susie Lula. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Loving your introduction already. Thank you so much. So happy to be diving in with you. I'm so happy to have you here. And just for anyone who's just tuning in, Susie and I thought that it would be a really great idea to do uh, a conversation with one another, with all of you about how we can raise girls who raise up boys and how we can raise boys who can raise up girls. And we, we're just so excited to talk about this. We've gotten such beautiful feedback from all of you about the topic. And before we start, I thought that Susie and I could take a moment to just introduce ourselves because we're meeting each other's audiences for the first time. So Susie, if you'd like, go ahead and share with all these beautiful humans who you are. Mm, Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. As we've shared, this is a conversation I have wanted to have for 20 something years. So this is really amazing to me. Thank you for, you know, being my partner in this and wanting to have this conversation as well. So I'm Susie Lula. I'm founder of the Spiritual Psychology Academy. So my background and training is in the field of spiritual psychology. I marry the best of therapeutic processes, the best of healing modalities, and the best of spiritual practices and the spiritual level of consciousness to be an inclusive individual in healing transformation. I'm a spiritual therapist, and now I certify others in soul care coaching and take individuals through this academy that is a very, very deep dive into your own personal transformation, 
living your highest possibility, your best life. So that's a little bit about me. I have a sophomore in college son, Will. He's a sophomore in college. He's literally on a plane right now going to New York, um, your side of the country. (laughs) He's coming to me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But um, he's 20. And so another reason I'm very interested in this conversation, have been working with clients for over 20 years. And this conversation comes up over and over and over and over again. And I think we're just at a time in our culture and society where we're ready to dive in to see how we can raise the next generation to really alleviate some of the challenges that occur now. So that's, that's me. Absolutely beautiful. And, and I, I love hearing you share about who you are and what you do. And Obviously, I feel there's so much alignment between both of our missions. Uh, I am a girl mom to two 16-year-old girls. They're twins. Um, And I I always say my most important role in the world. And these girls continue to teach me more and more uh, about what it is to be a mother. And they're just really my greatest spiritual teachers. And I'm always learning so much from them. Uh, I am an author, uh, Melody Pormorati, author of Empowered Women, Empower Girls, and XOXO from A Girl Who Gets It. And I'm the founder of Girl Life. Girl Life is an academy where I train women to run heart-centered businesses that are all focused on running girls' empowerment workshops, introducing girls to their own superpowers, teaching girls to have their own backs, and to really um, reflect all the light that is already within them onto the world. And it's just my greatest honor to be able to facilitate that in the world. And I'm so proud that we have facilitators all across the globe who are out there running this curriculum um, about girls' empowerment. Now, girls' empowerment, boys' empowerment, it's all so important, right? I think one of the number one questions that I receive in the work that I'm doing is, why did you focus on girls' empowerment? Why not boys' empowerment? Uh, I think we all have our own reasons for for doing the things we do. When I started Girl Life many years ago, um, I was a, a new girl mom, and I was really very much learning about my own inner child and about what she needed. I, I was I was kind of like reparenting myself in certain ways. And I felt a deep passion for girls empowerment and still do and will always. But I'm equally passionate about opening up this conversation, opening up this dialogue about girls and boys, you being the boy mom, me being the girl mom, and talking a little bit about how we can do right by all of them and how we can, like we said in the title, raise boys. And let's go there for now. Like, how do we, Susie, raise boys who raise up girls? How do we do yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? So I think that it starts with two things. One, recognizing that we each inside of us are part masculine and part feminine, whether you identify as a boy, transgender, fluid, you know, uh, girl, however she, her, they, however you identify yourself, we all are part masculine, part feminine. We, we contain the masculine and the feminine within us. And I think the how to raise boys who raise up girls question 
needs a, the, the context of what we are in societally right now is hopefully the end of a toxic patriarchy and a toxic masculinity. And so I think that, I mean, I even have chills when I'm saying it because I think that our children are born into, we were born into a toxic masculinity. So it's less of a gender conversation per se and more of how do we purify, how do we create a sense of health and well-being in the parts of us that are masculine, in the parts of us that are feminine. And when you look culturally as us as women, you know, um, you and I, women, mothers, we, when you look culturally at, so grateful for the feminist movement, but back in the day, women thought we had to be like men to find our power, right? And so we have this culture now that is so swayed onto the side of masculinity and, and a lot of toxic masculinity. So when you say, how do we raise up boys that raise up girls? I think it's first assisting all of us, whether we are the moms of whatever gender, to understand, let them know we're basically spiritual beings. We're, we're human, There's, we're in a humanity here. And so how do we come into a healthy relationship with the masculine parts of us, the feminine parts of ourselves? Like you said, you early on, myself included, we did a lot of inner child re-raising ourselves, reparenting ourselves, and hopefully we, we are rising into that healthy balance of inner masculine and inner feminine because the outer society is going to be reflective of our inner world. And that's why I think this conversation is so important. So then, of course, to raise a healthy boy who feels like he can be expressive with his sensitivity and he can express his emotionality and he doesn't have to man up, but you know, to to reteach our the the masculine part of a girl, the masculine part of a boy, that that your sensitivity is one of your superpowers, right? I oh, that was a huge part for me in raising my son. I I just wanted him to stay in a healthy relationship with his sensitivity. That in itself is something. So I'll, I'll stop talking, but. But that's the, the sort of the context and the entry point into really how we can do this. I think it starts from the inside out. I, I love everything that you're saying. And I want to touch on the one thing I heard you say that, that just really spoke to me. We hear so frequently these blanket statements. We hear these directives towards boys and towards girls. You said you used one that's man up. We've also heard boys don't cry, like real boys don't cry. Right. We've heard people say all girls are sensitive. Um, it, it's what we need to understand. And I would say like in this conversation, maybe perhaps one of the first things to acknowledge is that our words create our reality, right? Yeah. So our own words create our own inner reality. As, as parents, as caregivers, um, as really anyone who works with children, 
the words that we use are creating the reality for our children as well, because they, whether we realize it or not, whether like we are having a phone conversation with someone, we're, you know, talking to talking on a work call and we think the kids aren't listening, whatever it is that we're saying, they are literally picking up on, they are picking up on our cues of what it is to be a human being. And so it's very important that A, we get mindful of our language. And that is actually the gift we give ourselves when we speak in a kind way to ourselves and our children witness that, they are then going to do the same thing for themselves. But to also make sure that what we say and what we do is very much aligned. So we can talk about how it's important for uh, boys to feel like they can express their emotions. But if we find ourselves in a situation, ourselves in a situation or watching a movie and we make a derogatory statement about the boy who is expressing his sensitivity, that our words and our actions are misaligned. And so yes. it's so important to really like um, do a s- gentle, like a really gentle self audit on ourselves of like, What is the language we are using? What are the beliefs that we are proposing? And knowing that, oh my goodness, there's such a ripple effect in our children uh, of those, of those very words. They hold such power. Yeah. I think the two, the two points are so brilliant. You know, one being when you're talking about simple inner kindness to ourselves to speak in that way. And I think this is part of what's missing in the feminine culture, our feminine qualities of kindness and gentleness and compassion and nurturing and nourishment. These powerful qualities are absent in our culture. And so then we have, an in, we have internalized a very masculine way of speaking to ourselves. And so we speak to ourselves in not masculine, but toxic masculinity because masculine is, is healthy, right? But toxic masculinity would have us speak to ourselves in self-derogatory ways, self-shaming ways, self-critical ways, self-judgmental ways. So an, another part of this conversation is us to begin inside of ourselves, as you're saying, to reawaken or maybe awaken for the first time within your own consciousness and being a gentle way to be with yourself because this is part of the male, female, um, what you're speaking of words and, and what we say. If, if we aren't speaking in a kind, respectful, dignifying way to ourselves, then we won't be able to, to provide that energy in the home, right? right? And so I think it starts there with what you're saying of how to be with yourself. And then I think the other thing that you said that's so important is I was always aware, you know, raising Will, I was raising him in a certain way in our home. And simultaneously, he was and is having to be present in an outer world that doesn't always reflect what our home environment is and says. And so I think another real part of this conversation is how to raise our boys, how to raise our girls, how to raise our children, regardless of how they identify, how to raise our children in a world, in our own home environment where we rise up into what we value and also usher them through that, yes, the world that they live in 
is not necessarily going to reflect the values that you can be sensitive at home, you can have tears at home, you can be empowered at home, you can take up space at home if you're a girl, you know? It's okay, what we, the way that we can engender change is to allow our children to stay inwardly empowered in a world that hasn't yet caught up with us. And that's another reason I wanted to have this conversation because I want anyone listening to understand the profound influence you have on your child in your home. And we could do a whole nother, you know, talk on the way that mainly women, mothers, are invisible in culture. Sure. But I want us mothers to hear what you, how you influence your child in your home is the most powerful work being done on planet Earth right now because you are influencing your child to go out into a world who isn't always gonna say, yeah, it's okay that you cry today in class. They're not gonna get that reflected back. They're gonna get that reflected back, hopefully in our homes, especially after this conversation. But to allow them, like, I love this word superpower that you use all the time with girls. I love it because I want, our sons and all our children to stay connected to their superpowers when they're out in a world that might not, you know, congratulate and celebrate their superpowers yet, yet. Absolutely. Yes. I love that key word yet. And I love that you bring up the point that what we're teaching in our homes isn't necessarily what's reflected back to our children. The messaging is very different media and culture play a crazy important role, especially right now. I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't have access to, I mean, we watched Growing Pains and Family Ties and, you yeah. know, we couldn't fast forward or rewind or record the way, like, and I'm dating us. I don't mean to date us, but technology took off so quickly. And now our children at their fingertips, like they're riding in the back of the car and they have a downloaded episode of a television show. So it's like, how do we speak to our children in a way where they can really understand what we're saying when the outside world might be saying something different? 100%. I just taught a class on navigating technology and screens to parents with their kids. And this is a huge, it's, it's a huge issue. Because, and I think the essence of this is raising our children to know that they belong. They belong in our family. They have a space. They belong. And therefore, when a child has an inner sense of esteem and knowing that they are connected, that they have a space, that they are respected in their own home, then the power that it gives them in the world is that they don't have to be just like everyone else. Because mm -hmm. I knew I had certain, let's take technology since you used it as an example. I had certain ways that I knew intuitively I wanted to raise my son. And I knew that it wasn't what was celebrated. I knew he was going to be the last one to get a phone. I knew he watched less media than 99.999% of his friends. So the value of that and the value of what I wanted to teach him is that he belongs first and foremost to himself and to our family. Therefore, 
It's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to be a boy who is sensitive in a world that doesn't celebrate that. It's okay to be a girl who raises her hand in class when someone else might go, put your hand down, girl. It's, it's, it's not only okay, it's imperative. And this is how we engender change by somebody's, someone's got to be the first few people in communities to do this. So why not let it be us? And I think last thing I want to say is, you know, we are the first generation of parents, I think, to really deal with raising boys to raise up girls, raising girls to raise up boys. We're the first generation because we're the generation, our generation right now is the Me Too movement. Like the Me Too movement is, is, yesterday it's today it's now it's it's a baby it's an embryo it's just being born and so we haven't gotten to the convert we're still in the me too conversation which is hugely massively important to change the paradigm of culture and yet as parents we have this huge opportunity to raise our children to be part of the the change Mm. yes Yes. Oh, I love it so much. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, and as you and I discussed, oh, there is a fly in my house and oh, it's, no. it wants to make an appearance in this live. I'm just letting you all know if you see me batting around, it's because it's literally like, it's actually quite hilarious because, you know, of course. When, to when join fly, us. Right. It wants to join us. We're talking about some good things. Um, you and I were discussing and it's like, I, I know I'm kind of like giving the end of our talk away right now, but like at the end of the day, the work that you and I are both doing is, you know, when it comes to girls, we are, we, we are wanting them to be more of who they are, less of uh, wearing those masks that culture and media and society places on them. Right. And isn't that exactly what we want for the boys as well? We want the boys yes. to feel like they can be more of who they authentically are um, and, and putting aside. And, and what I always like to say is I want us to use an inside out approach to figuring out who we are rather than an outside in approach. There will always be um, outside forces saying, do this, be this, say that dress like this. Um, and it's like, it's up to us to actually tune that out. And it's a very difficult thing to do. I want to acknowledge that it's very difficult, especially in this age to do that sort of thing, but to really look inward, to really understand who we are, what makes us tick? What do we act like? What are our actual preferences? How do we want to exist in the world? What do we want to wear? How do we want to express ourselves. And so in our parenting, I think that's also a very important factor. What we want to do as parents is to model that. And and we can keep talking about this idea of embodying that which we wish to see in our children. If we, once again, like we are, our, our behavior and the things that we are trying so deeply to pass on to our children, um, must first come from us. They are watching, they are learning, they are taking notes, they are picking up cues. I cannot express this enough. And so, so often people are like, well, how do I talk to my child? How do I empower my child? And it's like, look in the mirror and first and foremost, ask yourself, what are you doing for yourself? All those things that you want to talk to them about, how are you doing those very things for yourself? 
Yes. Are you even doing those things for yourself? Going back to that conversation of women, especially mothers, especially are taught not even to put ourselves on the list. So, you know, you're definitely speaking my language. It is such a conversation to give women permission to take care of ourselves because there's such a cultural indoctrination and we've had modeling. You know, we've, we, we hear it, take care of yourselves, but the modeling to your point that our children have the imprint on what they experience in the home, even more than our words. So when you say words and actions need to be aligned, it's so true because we all know intellectually as women, as mothers, we need to take care of ourselves, have more bandwidth, be spiritually connected, but there's such a guilt imprint, a guilt epidemic when a mother sets onto that path. So that is a huge part of a, of a spoke of this wheel. And then to your other point that I'm just about jumping off my chair to speak to, <laughs> I just love what you're talking about. Look in the mirror because I can tell you, you know, my son and, and we were talking about gender fluidity right now. And I think this gender fluidity is such an important conversation because I think, you know, we as a species uh, are here to evolve and the next generation is always encoded to pass us up. So they should be passing us up, right? So we are where we are in culture with the Me Too movement, with this toxic patriarchy that we're seeking to, you know, break, break through. And what I see in our children is this real comfort that many of our children do have. Maybe it's also because I live in Los Angeles, could be, you know, I may not be speaking for middle America or other countries, you know, European countries, you know, anyway, what I, what I experience with the parents that I work with and my own son is that they are more comfortable with not being so gender identified. So for instance, my son will paint his nails. My son will wear, you know, a pearl necklace. My son will wear eyeliner. Um, I have a client who has such a challenge with her son wearing, and not only does she have a challenge, but her husband has a challenge. And we have to be sensitive to these challenges because our children, as you said, our children are our awakeners. They are here to help us evolve. And many are set in their ways. And so it's bumping up against their value system. It's bumping up against probably not their value system so much as their belief systems, as you've been speaking of so eloquently and articulately. It's these these simple behaviors, women speaking up, women taking their space, women, girls taking their space, make men, boys uncomfortable. So it's, you know, it's bumping up against the cultural ethers, the cultural belief systems that have been imprinted that seem so solid. They seem so solid. So it does start with us to look in the mirror and go, well, when my son, if my son walks in and, you know, he's got pearl necklace on, 
how, how does that make me feel inside? And, and to honor however it makes me feel inside. And then to go onto the side and do whatever work I need to do. Because as we were saying earlier, another takeaway that I hope everyone leaves with is that we all want the same things. Yes. We all want the same thing as parents. We want our children to be have a, have a strong inner sense of esteem, have a strong inner sense that inner attachment, that inner connection with their own intuition, with an inner knowing of who they are. We want, we all want that as parents, whether we're, whatever children we're raising, we all want the same thing. And our children want the same thing. They just want to feel good inside of their own skin. Absolutely. And that is our job. Our job as parents is to assist them, to usher them, to feel good in the, their own skin. And it may call forth from us to go into another room and honor that. That's why I was saying earlier about the inner gentleness and the inner feminine qualities of nourishment to really have a sensitivity that it's bumping up against whatever it may be bumping up against. So we grow through it so that we can then come back and be the parent that our children need us to be to feel comfortable in their own skin. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you share an example of your son wearing a pearl necklace or eyeliner. And someone in the comments is saying, I believe it's Nandy saying the same thing that she also, you know, she, her son wanted one, she bought it for him. If we don't allow our yeah. children to express themselves when they live in our homes, yes. they are going to go out there in the world and, um, it's, they're going to be learning lessons that they could have had at a much younger age of self-awareness. And they're only going to be figuring it out when they first have to unlearn all yeah. of those things that we couldn't embrace within them, right? That they had to mask and mask and mask. If you had said, no, you can't wear the eyeliner, you can't wear the necklace, you know, he would be, um, he would be hiding such yes. part of who he is. And we know that that never ends up well. So I so respect that. And I love what you just said about, you know, if you find yourself having an issue with whatever your child brings to you, right? Whatever it may be, excusing yourself and stepping out and really figuring that out for yourself and, and doing some deep spiritual work around it and then coming back in, an, in a more aligned way so that you can be there for your child. You can be there for who they are, right? Instead of being like, no, this is not who you are. This is not how you can behave. This is not how you should dress. You are there for it. You are embracing it. And, and it's theirs to be, they're, they're sovereign beings. You know, we, we, you know, there's this beautiful saying that our children come through us. They don't come for us, you know, yes. and we really need to understand this. Like I am from the Persian background. And while you and I have spoken about this, Susie, like it's such a rich culture. There's so much about it that I love. Um, and then there are so many things that I have challenged, that I have challenged and that I, in raising my own daughters, um, you know, 
girls are, are supposed to be a certain way. They're supposed to dress a certain way. She's supposed to be a good girl. And I can add in there a good Persian girl. And I'm sure we can all fill in the blank. Like we've all been taught to be good girls and good boys. And it's like, what does that really mean? And I've had to really undefine and redefine for myself what it is to be a woman and what it is to be a girl mom and to truly embrace allowing my daughters to express themselves and not holding them to any cultural standards and ways of being that are completely unaligned with who they are. And I think that's something we can all do. We can take the parts, whether it's our religion or our culture or what media is presenting us with, take the parts that resonate with us and release the rest with grace and with ease. It doesn't have to be an inner battle. It doesn't have to be a fight, but taking the pieces that fit into the the mold of who we feel we are and releasing the rest. Exactly. And this goes back to this conversation of breaking down what we have historically perceived to be masculine and what we have historically perceived to be feminine and to allow an opening here because what you're saying you know we are we're living in such um, a masculine indoctrinated culture that there really isn't even space for what you're speaking of i know so many moms let's say they're raising a son or a daughter who who comes out as gay and they're having so much inner challenge with that, even though, of course, they know they they want to be that support system. They, they know it's their own issue. Right. It doesn't mean that the that the that the emotion and the healing doesn't need to be happening. I'm just using that as an example. There's a million other ones. If your child is getting bullied in, in because of toxic masculinity, if your girl is having a challenge taking up space in her classroom or in her world or in her life, you know, there's a million examples. But what I want to highlight is it's very important that we honor the feminine in us. A masculine culture that we live in is so busy, is so... Um, results-oriented, achievement-oriented, out, outer-oriented, that if you are a parent and your child does come home and you're not like, Will and I, 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 I was hoping to go through my rings, you know, hey, I never wear these rings, please take them, someone should be wearing them, you know, I happen to have had like, you know, fine, I'm fine with that, there, there are other areas that, you know, I'm challenged with, and what I want parents to hear is if you are challenged with this breakdown of the toxic masculinity or empowering our girls to take up space, you know, whatever it is in your world with your own specific examples, I want you to hear that you are not alone. Mm. A mother's journey can feel so isolating. And that's why we wanted to have this conversation together because we're two moms that experience with our in our different homes the necessity to take this time to ourselves that is a feminine quality as a mom it's a feminine quality to have the audacity and the courage and the bravery to say i might be living 
in a masculine oriented culture, but I am going to give myself permission as a woman, as a being to take the time I need to process what it is that I need to process. We are processors, Mm -hmm. women process, but we don't give ourselves permission to process. So if you have a child and they're coming home with a certain behavior and it's rocking your boat and it's rocking your world, the masculine, the toxic masculine culture would tell you just keep going, keep going. Don't, you know, you have the next basketball game to get to, you have dinner to make, you have laundry to do, you have, you know, to check on their grades. You have to, it's so outwardly oriented. And this is another reason why we aren't raising boys who raise up girls. If we continue as mothers to be in our own toxic masculinity and not give ourselves the space, you know, I tell Will, he, he, he can get obsessive about certain things, you know, he's, he's wanting to move to New York. That's his, he, when he wanted a car, he wanted this certain car, you know, and, you know, it's not just him. It's, it's his age stage, whatever. But, you know, I would tell him, you know, I'm, I'm challenged right now with how often you're bringing up this conversation, <laughs> but I want to have this conversation. It's very important to me. It's very important to me that you feel heard and that we feel connected. I'm being challenged in this moment. So just, I need some time. And and that time may take 10 minutes and that time may take 10 weeks and that time may take 10 months. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give myself that time because if I don't give myself that time, I'm going to raise a son who's going to be part of a toxic masculine culture. You see? And I'm going to, I'm not raising a girl at this moment, but I'm going to be modeling to girls everywhere. Don't stand in your feminine power. Just be, a, be a girl, but, but show up like a man. Mm. Wow. Right. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. And it's so, it's so um, soothing to me that you bring up this idea that we are not alone. We are not alone. Like so many of us feel like we are. And I think part of it is because we don't share, right? There are stigma attached to certain experiences we each may be having. And so there's less sharing and more going about it alone, where really motherhood is meant to be done in community, right? And the more we can open up Uh, the lines of communication without fear of being judged. We must not fear being judged. And we must also hold that space for fellow mothers, parents, caregivers who want to have the conversations, a non-judgmental space so that we can come together and discuss this. Because what does that do? It softens it. It softens what we're all going through because we know that we are not... um, bearing the weight of it all alone. And that we, you said it again, you said it so beautifully, we are not alone. And, and what we are, what we are experiencing right now as mothers, as parents is very different. It's very different than what our parents and previous generations experienced. Um, It's a new way. We're learning a new way and we're really learning as we go. Right. And so why not do it with community, with community. And I see such beautiful comments coming through, Susie. My goodness. I feel like we need to, we need to. I was just thinking the same thing. And yet my comments aren't coming through. So please read some because I just, 
on the edge of my seat, but I can't, I'm not seeing any comments anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we can take like the last 15 minutes of this conversation to answer any questions and read some comments. And I'd be happy to go ahead. I'm going to go backwards. Um, and, and we're going to chat about this because I love this two way engagement. I, this is what I love most about, um, being able to access people from all different parts of the world. Nandi is saying culture is dynamic. It grows shifts. We aren't challenging our traditional culture. Culture is intrinsically fluid. Very, mm. yeah, right. I have to and, say, Nandi's last name is Wise. She is very wise. I love that. Yeah, oh, that's that amazing. Very profound. Very. That's profound. amazing. Uh, Joseph, who's also been commenting so much, thank you, Joseph. You're also teaching him the importance of taking time to allow what is seeking to be known by us from our inner mm. wisdom to emerge. Mm. Absolutely. Can I just interject there? Um, yes. Love you, Joseph. Um, can I interject here? So what I was just saying about mothers needing to embrace this feminine that we are processors and give it ourselves time and space to get off of the masculine to do treadmill. That's important for men. So it's so great that Joseph is here. You're a man. You're here. It's it's important for me raising a boy, raising a young adult who's male, to know that it is imperative for him to take time and space to process what is happening inside of himself. So Mm -hmm. it is imperative that as a woman, I am modeling to him and giving him the permission that says in a culture that tells you to stay on a treadmill and not take the time to be introspective, to process your own emotional life, to be present with your challenges, to be introspective with your challenges, to look at yourself, to take this time away from your good grades, keeping your grades up for your scholarship, getting that assignment turned in on time. Of course, he has these things. Of course, he lives in this world. But it is imperative upon us as women to stand in this feminine power that we have to model also to our boys Mm. to grow this inside of themselves. Because as we said at the beginning, we're all spiritual beings with masculine and feminine inside of us, but we're overly masculinized. And so we have to, if we want our boys to raise up girls, we need to engender in within our boys their own feminine spaciousness. Because if my son inside of himself is not connected with his own feminine spaciousness and the right and the permission and, and the necessity to be present and give that part inside of him spaciousness, it will all be talk. I will tell him to go raise up the girl next to him and have a girl DP or or production, you know, partner. And I will tell him that, hey, if you see a girl next to you. So this is another quick thing I want to say. You know, I've raised him to know that just by being born into a male body in this particular culture, he has been given certain entitlement. It's it's just the way it is. It's not true. It's not false. It just is the way it is. So I want to raise him to be aware of all the girls around him. 
Mm-hmm. I want him to have an awareness that he doesn't have to feel shame for who he is, yet he has to have an awareness that every other person's path, especially women's path, it just is not as easy as his. It's just the way it is. So when he sees a girl sitting next to him in class, like honor that girl, celebrate that girl. When that girl raises her hand and she says something, be part of her tribe that goes, yeah, you know, will you come work on my film? Will you, you know, I want to partner up with you. It's important that we share with our sons the, the, the privileges that they have been born into by the, their gender so that they can be part of, and it's not just the words. It starts from the inside, like I'm saying, having that feminine space so that it's, these are not just empty words, but that our boys will take action and actually raise up the girls around them. Because, you know, one day he may have a partner, he may choose a woman partner, whatever he will choose. I want him to raise up that partner, male, female, whatever I, you know, so we, he's got to do that from the inside out, meaning we have to empower them. I love it. I love it all so much. I mean, I, there's so many parts of what you said that I want to speak to. Um, what, one thing that you shared was how modeling for him, how you taking the time for yourself, taking the time to do that inner work yeah. is so important. And, and isn't that where all the greatest downloads and ideas yeah. come from is when yeah. we step into that space of realigning ourselves, which is really very much the opposite of that masculine hustle culture that yes. you were speaking about constantly on the hamster wheel of life. What's next? What's next? Do, 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 do. Um, and really what we need as, as you know, universally, what we need the, the planet to all be doing more of is to realigning ourselves, whatever that looks like for us. It's like, whether it's meditation or listening to music that moves you, taking a walk, stepping out into nature. You know, so many people are always like, my best ideas come to me in the shower. And it's like, yes. yeah. like because A, when you're in the shower, you're, you're hopefully in a very relaxed state you're giving yourself time, but you don't have a device around you. You don't have people around you. It's really a few minutes each day to get super introspective. Now, imagine if we brought that energy into our entire day and we think that we need to push and push and push and hustle more to create more. And me personally, I can honestly say it's when I'm on vacation that my greatest business ideas will come to me, right? So stepping more into into that. So I love, love, love that you shared that. Um, I'm going back here into the comments. So much goodness. And I appreciate you all. We appreciate you all so much. Uh, Cindy is saying, I love that you are speaking to holding both the willingness to be present for our kids while honoring our own feelings, which yes. Cindy, I love what Susie did. I don't know. I, I know that you caught it. What Susie did was she said when her son came to her and she like, he was asking the same question over and over again, she acknowledged him, right? Like you first and foremost acknowledged and validated him. And then you shared your piece about how you're feeling and how perhaps you'll have the conversation at another time. So there is a way of 
existing in the world where we can speak to both the child and guard our own boundaries and our own wellness. Exactly. It's why I love the phrase spiritual psychology, because, you know, our world is so divisive. It's so divided. It's so dualistic. It's black. It's white. It's this or that. It's our child being heard or us getting the space for ourselves. And the spiritual universal principles say that abundance and oneness cannot be divided. Mm. And so there is more than enough. And I love Cindy's comment, you know, this part of this conversation. We want to share with our children that there is more than enough space in our homes for them to have their experiences and their opinions and space for us to have ours and process ours. There is more than enough space. And when we then, as a metaphor, extend that to the conversation about masculine and feminine and raising boys and girls, when you when in your home it's a value that says there is more than enough in our home for you to have your space and me to have my feelings. There's more than enough. Both can coexist and both should coexist. Then when they get out into a dualistic world, they go out with an abundant oneness consciousness that says, well, yes, this world is telling me, media is telling me, institutions are telling me, culture is telling me this. But what I know inside of myself, because I've experienced it in my home, is that there is more than enough space for me to be all of myself as a boy, as a man, and there is more than enough space for a woman and a girl to coexist. There is more than enough space for all of us. There is more than enough space. This thing about lack, this thing about duality, this thing about you know corporate culture just wants us, they just want us to be consumers. So they want us mired in lack so that we'll keep buying the next product. But in reality, in reality, there's more than enough space to have, you know, my son is in filmmaking, so I, I go to that area a lot, but there's more than enough space to have, you know, millions of women directors and more than enough space to have million of men directors. Like okay. there's really no lack of ideas. Like you're saying, when you're on vacation, like the, the ideas abound. So the thought that there's not enough, that it's either a boy or a girl that gets to take up the space is so antiquated. But if we started in our homes, like Cindy's saying, you know, I always say to Will, like, what I want more than anything is to be connected to you. I want that more that that is my supreme value as a parent is, is my connection with you. There's nothing more important. And this space for me to have to go, you know, process what I got to process and me to go and me to have my opinion if it differs from yours. It's a both and you know, at my, in my house. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful, Susie. It's like everything you're saying, I'm just like, I, I just want to respond to all of it. It's all gold. It's all magic. It's all so important. Speaking about abundance mentality, raising our children with the idea we are enough. There is enough, you know, it, I can't say enough and just echoing all the beautiful things that you have said that when we raise our kids with that abundance mentality, there's no competition here. There's no competition here. And what, what I think we're both really trying to say is 
when each child, when each human can step into the highest, the, the most truthful, the most authentic expression of who they are, mm-hmm. that the, there's, you know, we, there's no boy girl. We don't have to discuss this anymore. It's about being a human, being a good human, being a kind human, right? Looking at people, and this is something that we do in one of our workshops. It's called My Diversity Shines. This is when, you know, how we try to teach this to girls in our workshops is, um, you know, it, it's like w- what makes you different is what we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what makes each of us different is what we celebrate. But what if we didn't see each other by our color, race, religion, gender, none of that, but we just saw each other's hearts. Like what happens when you can just deeply look into somebody else's heart? And what happens when you get to share yours, share your heart authentically? That's all we're asking for. Like this conversation, I feel like can be summed up by just saying like, be you and parents allow that allow your child to express themselves it's really truly one of the most beautiful things to witness even when it hits up against what we have known to be real and true up until this point be willing to see things in a different way be willing to change your perspective be willing to show up for those beautiful humans who came through you who so deeply want to figure out who they are and we need to give them that space to do that. Exactly. To every, every one of our children just wants to be seen, to know that they're accepted exactly for who they are, as they are in the skin that they're in. So, so, so true. So, Mm -hmm. What do you think, Melody? I can't see the comments, which I'm yes, so sad. I know. I'm going to read some more to you. There, if, there's are there so any much... questions? Yeah, if anybody... Yeah, if there are any questions, we have seven minutes left. Yeah. Um, please, by all means, share your questions, and I will go in and also um, share the comments, Susie, because I want you to hear them. Cindy is saying, soul to soul, baby. Um Let's see here. Joseph is saying there's more than enough space. Oneness and abundance cannot be divided. So beautifully said. Yes, Susie, so beautifully said. This totally shifts the paradigm from fear and lack to limitless possibilities. From fear to love, Joseph. Absolutely. Thank you for calling that out. Um, Susan is thanking us for doing this work. Uh, Let's see here. Soul care mom, so much love and wisdom in this conversation. It all starts with honoring and nurturing our inner relationship. That's where it all starts. 100% soul care mom. Like there is nothing more important than that because when we can do that, and as Susie so beautifully said, come from a place of wholeness. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. We are so present for our children. Yep. And you know, you're reminding me of something because you have on this live so many of your facilitators that you train that then go out and do this work. And I'm hearing so many of the coaches that are soul care coaches that I've just certified. They are incredible, stellar beings. So if anyone on here is wanting deeper conversation, if you are 
working through something that's really troubling you or, or, you know, really got you stuck. You know, like I was saying, I'm thinking of so many different clients that I have that are really moving through. I, I want to, I want to demonstrate and manifest what you're saying but to work through my own issues to get to that acceptance place is sometimes challenging. So I just want to put it out there to anyone. If you're going through something, if anyone are, are your empowerment facilitators, girl life facilitators, please identify yourself here. Anyone who is soul care coaches, please identify yourself here because this is not just Melody and myself. Well, I'm speaking for you now. It's, it's not just you and I, but you know, we are also empowering other individuals to go out to do this work, to sit with people one-on-one and assist them because this work is, it's personal, it's intimate. Like you were saying earlier, I loved what you were saying, Melody, when you're saying earlier, like we aren't alone and yet we live in a culture that tells us not really to share. And it's so, that's just so heartbreaking when you think of like, we're in this humanity where we're, we got this one shot at it, you know, and we, we want to be connected. And yet what you said was just so it, it just really struck me, you know, we're not alone. And yet we're taught not to share and not really to reveal our struggles. You know, it's a real struggle if, if a son is wearing nail polish and the great aunt is not up for it, you know? I mean, that was a real thing that I was sharing. A, um, this client, her, they were going to a bar mitzvah in their family. And it was really troubling the parents of how he might show up there. So, you know, it's easier, sometimes easier said than done. So I just say, identify yourself for anyone that would like you know, needing some deeper work or someone to sit with them. Yes. yes. And Cindy and Stillwater Reflections are sharing that they are soul care coaches. So welcome to this space. And thank you for sharing that. And Susan is sharing that she hopes that this message reaches grandparents. We are so influential in our, in our grandchildren's lives. You're so right, Susan, 100%. Anyone, and I mean, aren't we all influencers, right? We hear this buzzword all the time about being influencers. Ultimately, we are the core influencers in the lives of the children that we spend the most amount of time with. So 100%, these messages need to reach all. And this is the work that Susie and I do both of us in different ways, but we are both um, really, really trying to help women and help uh, children access their superpowers so that we can have a ripple effect on the planet that reaches everyone. And, And as we mentioned before, see each other as hearts, see each other's hearts and guard our hearts and get to know our hearts. And, um, and soul care mom is also so honored to be a soul care coach. What a beautiful community of people you have here, Susie. It's so lovely to, to connect with all of you. Uh, any final thoughts, Susie, before we, we say goodbye for today? Just to say, just to really say thank you, Melody, from the bottom of my heart, you know, these soul care coaches and your girl empowerment facilitators are doing very important work very important work. That's why I always want to really highlight that 
you know, and, and so I really want to say thank you because you and I met, I, I, I'll just share this quickly. You and I met on Instagram because I, I think it was me. We, we don't know who reached out to who first, but I think I reached out to you first because I just loved every single thing you posted, everything you were about every time I saw one of your posts. And I don't even know how you came up originally on my feed, but you were meant to. And every time I saw you, I was just like, oh my gosh, the world needs more of this. The world needs more of this. Oh my God, she's speaking my language. She's speaking my language. And I think I just DM'd you or you DM'd me or whatever, however it started. And so I really, really want to thank you because I want everyone to see this is how organic power can happen. This is this is how organic changing a paradigm of a culture can happen. Reach out to someone you don't know and start a conversation. You know, when I, this is the last thing that I will share. I said this to you earlier. I've wanted to have this conversation honestly for 20 years because when my son was young, when he was in kindergarten, he really liked playing with girls. He, he liked playing with boys as well, but he really liked playing with girls. And he would ask to have play dates with certain girls. And he would feel very left out when understandably, you know, girls would have birthday parties and it would be an all girls birthday party, you know, and understandably that's fine. But he would feel very left out because he just wanted to be with the, the people that he resonated with, boys, girls. And so I've been aware since my son was in kindergarten of this way that we we sort of divide the girls and divide the boys and so it just really lit me up when you said you know let's have this conversation because it's a coming together that i think it's time is now you know absolutely 100% and i'm so glad as well that we had this conversation and and just to echo what we said about community before um, there are times when in our own physical communities, we may feel that we don't have any like-minded people. And, I, and I'd and i like to mm-hmm. challenge that because I think we do. Sometimes we share in a more vulnerable way online. Um, and look how Susie and I reached out to each other. And some of my dearest friends in this world of um, human potential and self-empowerment, I have met in this way. And I'm so grateful. So where the community may not exist for you physically, or you may not be seeing it yet, reach out to your online community. That's exactly what Susie and I have wanted to share here with you all today. And Susie, I appreciate you so very much. Thank you for elevating the consciousness of the planet with the work that you do. And I'm just so grateful for your friendship. Yeah. Ditto right back at you. And hopefully many more conversations to come everyone. So thank you guys for joining us, for being willing to be in a new conversation. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you, Mel. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye, sweetie. If you love what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also be sure to follow along on Instagram at girl life empowerment And I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week.